Welcome to another episode of the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast, the podcast designed to help anyone learn how to teach the Bible, starting with the very basics. Today's episode is all about simplicity in teaching. If we pack too much into a teaching, we can wind up making all of it harder to remember. So this episode gives some practical tips about how you can stay simple in your teaching and help your people follow along. Let's jump right in. Whenever I'm teaching on a particular subject, I want to try to share everything I possibly can about that subject. I want to be able to compress all the thinking and wondering and questioning and debating and everything that's gone into me learning about a particular passage. And I want to try to share all those hours of study in the 30 to 40 minutes that I'm going to be teaching in. One of the problems that we have in the subjects that we try to share is that we can want to share everything we know about that subject. One of the weird things that I've found in teaching is that sometimes the trickier subjects can be easier to teach. Something that I would think of as a little bit more difficult, a little bit more touchy, a verse that is a little bit harder to explain. Sometimes those are actually easier for me to teach because there's only one way that I can think of to share on this passage, or there's only one way that I can try to explain it. I can only really find one pathway in this particular passage, and I'm just going to pick that one path, I'm going to run with it, and I'm going to hope I do a good job with it. Sometimes those are easier messages for me to think about. But teaching foundational things, those can be really difficult. Those can be super tricky and deceptively tricky to teach on. I remember there was one time I was teaching on, I want to say it was Mark 15, the passage in Mark, the long chapter that goes over the crucifixion story. That's where Mark outlines his telling of how the crucifixion went down. I remember being assigned that passage one day very early in my time of teaching and thinking, oh, this is the cross. Like This is the big one. Like This is the stuff that teachers should love to talk about, and studying it was insanely difficult because I felt like I was a bad Christian not knowing how to begin to tackle one of the biggest, most foundational truths in all of Christianity. But the problem wasn't that I didn't want to talk about it or I was running out of things to say. It's that I had so many ideas that I wanted to share that figuring out where to begin a message felt nearly impossible we can fall victim to the idea that we need to be able to share everything we've studied in one teaching. Learning how to be simple is hard because your study probably isn't. Your study should be varied. It should be thoughtful. It should bring you into all sorts of different places that you didn't think it was going to bring you. That's okay. Sometimes my deepest studies have been on finding the exact way I want to phrase three or four tricky sentences. And that's okay, but the issue is that not all of your study is for your message, if that makes sense. A lot of your study is for the approach you're going to take. It's going to be the nuance that kind of guides you in the background. It's not necessarily something you're going to be able to say at the pulpit or in front of the people or wherever it is that you happen to be teaching. Sometimes my deepest study, the things I've really searched for a couple hours on or things like that, 
those studies have often been to keep bad theology or just misinformed facts out of my teachings. They have been the times where I have been working the hardest to make sure I don't say the thing that I want to assume is true but may not actually be true. A lot of really deep study is about editing myself from doing something wrong, and that will probably be the case in your study. In any one teaching, you can't say everything at once. That's why we keep having church. That's why we keep teaching. That's why we keep gathering together, and that's why more messages are being put out there day by day because we need more teaching. We need to be able to say a lot of different things, and we know we can't say all of those things at once. So how do we remain simple in our teaching? Well, I have a few different things that hopefully will be helpful. The first is limit the number of big ideas that you have in your teaching. It's easy to try to turn every couple of verses you read into a big point. It's easy to think that you are displaying your ability to grapple with the text by being able to pull out a lot of detail and nuance and things like that from just a couple different verses. That's not really the best way to go about it. If you're teaching a bigger passage in particular, limit the number of big ideas that you have to share. I know that in my own teaching, the thing I'm always afraid of, before any message I teach, the thing I'm afraid of is that I'm going to jump right in, I'm going to crank out all of my big ideas in 15 minutes, and I'm just going to be done. And I'm going to run out of things to say, and I'm going to end short, and I'm going to be stuttering and stammering in front of everyone, and they're going to leave thinking, oh, so that guy, he doesn't really know the Bible. Like That's my big fear when it comes to teaching. And the way often that I counteract that is I look at my notes beforehand, And I think this probably isn't enough. I need to pack more ideas into it. And so I find another idea and I put something that may not have supernaturally fit into that message. And I I try to force it in any way. I figure out things like that. And then I wind up putting too many ideas and I'm 15 minutes into a teaching and I think, oh my goodness, I'm only through a quarter of my notes. What am I going to do? And I end up just racing through a ton of different material. When I'm putting too many ideas into my message, I'm making it harder for myself to track with it. And most of all, I'm making it harder for people that are listening to track with it. Too many ideas just causes people to drift. If you were to sit down in church this weekend and your pastor was to begin his message by saying, in this passage, I'm going to show you 22 main things through the course of whatever chapter we're in, wouldn't you just like get sad a little bit? Like, wouldn't you, if you knew that you had to track through all of those different ideas, that would be something that would be very hard to listen to. That's something that's hard to track with. It's hard to get yourself motivated when it's like, okay, we've hit idea seven. Like we're almost a quarter of the way there. Like that's, or that's bad math, whatever. Math is hard. That's not my thing. When there are too many ideas, it's easy to just get lost in them. And the problem is, racing through big ideas is extremely unhelpful. It's worse to try to give people something that's halfway done than it is to just not give it to them at all. There are some ideas and thoughts and concerns in a passage that need to be dealt with fully. And if you don't have the time to deal with them fully, Sometimes the way you really help people is you don't deal with them fully, or you don't deal with them at all in that moment, or you deal with them at a different time. 
I have personally found it is better to teach fewer ideas and have more time to explain it, particularly in the way that we do youth group. I've found that taking a, a chunk of texts or a series of ideas that I thought I could teach over four weeks, it has been more productive to stretch that out and teach over six weeks and give people more time to process the ideas and give myself the ability to teach simpler messages along the way. Doing that has been way more fruitful than trying to pack more ideas into a teaching. Remember, having people remember your ideas is the whole point of teaching them. It's not about how did I get all of my thoughts out into the world. It's about did people actually remember the things that I taught them. If they're not remembering, then the teaching isn't terribly effective. Now, that's not to say that you should go up to people that you've taught and you should ask them, hey, so do you remember point two of the sermon I taught four and a half months ago? Like, no, they're not going to remember that. You're probably not going to remember that. That's okay. You don't need people to remember every single idea you've ever shared with them. But your messages should be generally rememberable. Rememberable? That's not a word. They should be generally memorable. They should generally leave with a sense of the major ideas that you hit on, and they should understand how those ideas are supposed to work together. So slow yourself down. Teach more messages on the same topic. If it means you get to teach simple, it may also mean that you get to teach more effectively if you slow yourself down. Another helpful thing that I've learned over the, over the few years that I've been doing this, um, over-explain things. Over-explain things. I've listened to a few different guys that would get looked at as top-notch teachers in America over the last like 20 years or so. Each of them, when they talk about teaching, basically have explained that they try to teach like every person in their congregation is 12, which is easy for me to do because in youth group, most of my kids are 12. Preach like everyone is 12 years old and has never been to church before. Teach like everyone is learning everything for the first time. So how does that play itself out? Well, there are times when you're teaching, maybe you're going through the book of Hebrews, and it's going to mention Passover. Don't assume that everyone has an understanding of what Passover is all about. Don't assume that you can drop that reference and everyone is going to be able to run with it, especially if the references that you're mentioning are Old Testament-centric. Those are ideas that people think they kind of know about, but they don't always know about. I think one of the things we all run into in church is there are questions that you feel like you're allowed to ask in the beginning, and then you reach a certain point where you should have just known those things. And It's like when you meet somebody new, and there's like a, a few weeks where you feel like you can ask what their name is again. And after that, it's just too embarrassing to ask that question of, you know, hey, I've been talking to you forever, but I don't actually know your name. People do that with church ideas. People do that with biblical concepts. They just think they're supposed to know it. So one of the ways you help those people out when they know less than they think they should is you make sure you include them by giving that explanation really quickly. You don't need to dive into a topical sermon on Passover every time you want to mention it. But you can slow yourself down for 30 seconds and say, 
you know, we're here, we get this reference to the Passover, which was this festival in Israel that celebrated them coming out of Egypt and blah, blah. You do that for 30 seconds. And for those people that already knew, they're not going to be bothered that you shared that. And for those people that were a little bit fuzzy, you may really help them. Don't assume that people know a ton. That doesn't mean you want to assume everyone's stupid, but you want to assume that there's going to be a few people that you need to help along during references like that. Don't be afraid to do that. That helps everyone understand what it is you're trying to say. Another thing in over-explaining things, don't slip into Christianese. This is just a good life rule. <laughs> this goes beyond teaching. Like, Don't even think about this just in teaching, but don't slip into the normal Christian phrases that unfortunately never go explained. That's the real issue with these phrases. In part, they're just corny. When you just throw out Christian language, if you just throw out, you know, hedge of protection, you just throw out travel mercies, you just throw out all these different things in your teaching, you just throw out, um, you know, about bigger, different topics. You can just throw out these quick, simple phrases that in part they can make you come across as corny, but far worse than that, you can risk people not really understanding how grace works. You can risk people not really understanding sin or salvation or the cross or bigger concepts like that. You want to be able to explain things in terms that every non-believer would be able to understand. You want to be able to have someone walk into church for the first time and explain to them, here's this passage in words that they would 100% understand. Because if they would understand it, then everyone in your church would understand it too. And unfortunately, there's a lot of phrases that we can use in church. One of the things that we've been doing with the junior high group that I lead is I'll ask them if they know what evangelism means. And most of them have an idea, but if I asked them to define it, they wouldn't be able to do that. If I asked them, are you really sure you could define for me the gospel in one minute? There's a lot of kids where I'm not sure they'd be able to do that. Call that out and help re-explain it to them in terms that anyone can understand. Now, in all of this in your teachings, remember, you are not and should not be the only way your people are gaining spiritual knowledge. Our teachings should inspire others to learn for themselves. I can afford to be simple in my teaching because I'm hoping that everyone I'm teaching is also reading the Bible on their own, or they're also finding other podcasts that are going to be helpful in their study. I'm hoping that they're having conversations about scriptural things, about their growth in Christ. I don't want to be like a doctor that's performing delicate medical procedures. I'm not the only one who can do this. Instead, in our teaching, we want to be like parents raising responsible kids. As time goes on, kids should be doing more and more for themselves. And as children in the faith grow in their walk with Christ, they should be able to do more in aiding their own growth. We always want to be helpful. We're always there for our people, but part of our job is promoting learning, not making people feel like we have the monopoly on we are the only way that you can learn. We want to raise people up to be able to learn things for themselves as time goes on. And ultimately, remember, 
teaching adds up over time. Teachings are often like meals. They keep you going. They help you grow, but they help you grow slowly. And you don't necessarily remember every meal you've had in the last month, but you know that each one of them was helpful. And they aided your ability to continue doing the things that you were doing. Our teachings are often like meals. They're one of the ways that people eat. They're one of the ways that people are fed spiritually. They keep people growing, but that growth is slow. It is very easy to get frustrated in teaching if you overestimate what you can accomplish in any one teaching. You can't teach everything at once. You can't explain one passage in its entirety in 30 minutes. There will always be details you had to leave out. There will always be things you had to skip over, and that's okay. Don't overestimate one teaching, but remember to not let that in turn make you underestimate the importance of teaching, because teaching does add up. Teaching is something that grows in a person's heart over time. It adds and adds slowly to their knowledge base. But as they continue to grow in that knowledge, that knowledge that you're handing over can absolutely be revolutionary. So don't underestimate your value, but don't overestimate what you can accomplish at any one time. We're here to promote lifelong learning of the way of Jesus, and each and every teaching, no matter how simple it might feel to you, is a valuable part of that growth process. Thank you so much for listening to this final episode of the first season of the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast. These 13 episodes all go over the basics of teaching. They're certainly not comprehensive, but hopefully they are helpful. Please subscribe. If you do that, you'll be able to learn when the next season is coming out and what it's going to center around. And you can also find that out by following our Instagram. It's at First Time Bible Teacher, and it's filled with episode art, links to other helpful resources, and announcements will be made there about the next season and where this podcast is headed. If you've liked what you've heard, please share this with friends and family and other prospective Bible teachers. We would love to see this podcast be as helpful to as many people as possible. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon.